Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. It's hard enough being a mom and the last thing you need is stress from too much stuff and an overcrowded schedule. For too long, I've lived with the mindset that bigger was better and the more I added to my life instead of feeling better, I felt overwhelmed. It was time for a radical new mindset. Less is more. I'm not into extremes. I didn't throw everything away. My brand of minimalism is more about adding than subtracting. Get rid of the excess to make room for what you love. In other words, it's about living life with purpose. I hope you'll listen in as my guests and myself can inspire you to think more and do with less. In a world where each of us is granted the same 24 hours a day, the elusive pursuit of effectively managing our time seems to be a constant challenge. But fear not, because today's episode features my conversation with professional organizer and author Morgan Tyree. If you've ever felt the weight of a chaotic schedule or the burden of an overloaded life, if you're seeking to find balance or simply eager to make the most of your time, then today's episode's for you. But before we get there, I quickly want to share a minimalist resource with you. So I want to share Allison Baggerly's weekly newsletter called Fun Money. Again, Fun Money is a weekly newsletter that she has put out to empower readers with confidence to manage finances effectively. If you remember, Allison was a guest on the show back on episode 266 and 186. The episodes were Not Another Impulse Purchase and How to Talk About Money with Your Kids, even when you're trying to figure it out for yourself. So those are great episodes that I'll link in the show notes. If you take a listen to those or you have listened to her advice, you'll see how approachable it is. And that's why I wanted to mention this newsletter as a resource because she always provides just a simple and clear approach to finances that help you stay updated, but also give you tips to maximize your wealth. So it's a win-win all around. And again, I'll be sure to link the Fun Money Weekly Newsletter in the show notes. All right, I think that's it for now. Let's get into this conversation with Morgan Tyree. I hope it's helpful to you. So I kind of want to take it back to your first book, even though it was 2019. When you and I were brainstorming what to chat about, one of the things that you stated was that you wanted to talk about margin. And I think that's something that I need to build in space for this year, especially with three kids that are now in school of sorts. So anyways, let's talk about margin today and some other things will follow, I'm sure. But before we get into that conversation, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Okay. Well, thank you for having me on today. I am Morgan Tyree and I live in Northern Colorado and I run my own professional organizing business here and also teach fitness on the side. And I've um, authored technically three books slash two, and I'll explain that as we get into it. Cool. So I had you back on 210 and we did talk about your book, Your Hospitality Personality. But again, today I want to talk about margin and your book, Take Back Your Time. So I guess, first of all, when you went to write that book, what prompted you to do so? Why did you feel like this was a book that needed to get out to people? And probably women, let's specifically talk to women. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting is that when people ask me what my books are called and I mentioned Take Back Your Time as the first book, almost every single person is like, I need to read that book. The idea came from the reality that in my organizing business, I just see specifically women because I work with more women than men. There's just a high level of stress. There's overwhelm. There's burden. There's like moms trying to manage everything. And so I by no means think I have my time management completely under control, but I have tools that have worked. And so I just wanted to provide guidance and provide a system that someone could take loosely and apply, or if they really want to go high speed and color code their lives, you know, I kind of gave like a big continuum of a way to hopefully reduce overwhelm ultimately. Did this come from 
you finding in your own life that you had struggled and then you felt like you had answers or do you always feel like you've been on top of managing your schedule? No, I think that I have a tendency to overcommit to things and then I don't have the, or I'm, I'm kind of um, too good at follow through and I'm not bragging. What I'm saying is I'll overcommit. So then therefore I'm over delivering and I am overwhelmed. Right. So that is one piece of my personality that I've had to work on. But the other part that really played into writing this book was my reality of being a mom and going through really distinct life seasons and realizing that in some life seasons, you just have different abilities and capabilities than other life seasons. And so that was really the other piece. And I talk about that quite a bit in the book was just that time management is tricky, whether you have a lot to do or you don't have a lot to do. I mean, it just it's something that I think we have to always be aware of. And it's not something we're going to master. And it's not about necessarily being productive either. It's just about being intentional. I'm always really honing in on that word. Like I'm not about okay, we have to conquer everything, but how do you feel at the end of the day? Are you overwhelmed or do you feel like you, you know, had a day that kind of rolled the way you wanted it to? And so sort of kind of checking with your, like your heart and your soul too. Yeah, absolutely. And in this book, you talk about prioritizing your priorities. And that makes me think of how I've spoken about priority, meaning one, and how we have recently pluralized that in the last 100, 200 years. Um, what do you mean by prioritizing your priorities? I talk in the book about really defining the purpose in your life season. So just to give a really simple example, let's say you're a new mom and you've decided to stay home and you've got really young kids, you know, like that's a very distinct season, right? So you have maybe shifted into a lot more caregiving and you may be home a lot more. And so just being really aware of the choices you've made in the life season you know, and not all choices do we get to make, but, you know, maybe all the circumstances combined and really being deliberate about, okay, this is my life purpose right now. So then what are those priorities? And in your purpose in motherhood, it could be also to like really manage the home or you care for the pets or you, maybe you do a little side hustle, but, you know, I kind of suggest you have like a top three to five purposes, you know, give or take, because we kind of wear these different hats. But then to prioritize within that. So if you're like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and this is my focus, and this is what I want to look like, prioritize what that means, right? Because you can just be like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but what would that look like to you to show up every day? So is that prioritizing some focus time with your kids, uh, prioritizing the schedule each day? I mean, whatever that looks like. So you can take it a lot of different ways. What I find a lot with my clients in in the coaching I do is that we'll say something's a priority, and yet we don't prioritize it. So my goal is saying, Kind of, kind of narrow in instead of not defining it. Because once you define it, it's a little easier to then follow a roadmap. And also I try to, in the book, really share the message of be gentle with yourself. If you are that stay-at-home mom, I'm just using this as one example, be gentle on yourself. You don't need to be taking on extra things or things that don't fit into your purpose. So really defining what would be a successful role and purpose for you in that season. Absolutely. And I think that's something that you and I both speak to is how clutter will get in the way of what is priority in our life. We say we prioritize something and then it isn't actually what we find ourselves prioritizing. And I've said, why don't you write down a list of the things that you value, kind of like values versus priorities, but what do you value? And then what are you actually doing in your life and cross-referencing those to see if they match up and then make the effective switches based upon that list. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can use different words, but it's about, I think people tend to go too big. They want to do too much or they set themselves up for these standards that are 
not that they're not achievable, but are they realistic, right? Like, is it, are you going to spend the time and energy that it would take to achieve that? And so kind of just paring down and having a, a more narrow focus, I think helps you day to day to say, okay, at the end of the day, what will help me feel at peace? Did I check off the top three things I need to get done? Or did I fulfill the priority? And another like a simple example would be, I always use exercise as an example. It's like, if you say you want to exercise every day, or you want to go to the gym every day, or whatever it is, then you have to prioritize that, right? You can say it's a priority, but if you're going twice a week and you want to go seven, then, it, you know, or you want to work out seven days. So maybe you need to be realistic and say, you know, I really can only fit in three times a week and that's okay too. Yes. Taking on too much is obviously, we all know this, it leads to our failure. And I've been thinking about that with just getting back into reading my Bible. It's something that seems simple. Well, I guess I just, I haven't made it a habit. And so there's a little thing on the version Bible app, and it's just maybe a minute and a half clip of preaching and then some scripture. And it's like, that would be a great way to start my day too. Why don't I just start my day in this little habit, as opposed to taking off, I'm going to read for a half hour every morning before my kids get up. That just seems like a huge goal when I should just start the habit. And I feel like I did that with walking and now I'm running, but I just started going out leisurely walking during COVID and I just got consistent. I would listen to podcasts that were fluffy or books on tape and I slowly built up to now I'm jog running. <laughs> I don't run fast, but I'm, I'm doing it. This actually ties into the organizing work a lot too, is that I will work really closely with clients and say, I know you want your whole house organized, right? Like that's maybe their goal. But we're going to start with a linen closet or we're going to start with your dresser. But if you start smaller, it builds momentum. And if you stay focused on that one small task, you know, so it's kind of, again, back to that priorities. Maybe the priority is just getting up and getting your kitchen tidy first thing in the morning. The priorities can be small and really smaller, the better, because then you build the habit. And then, but be okay to also take a priority off just because you call something a priority or a goal doesn't mean it has to stay that way too. Cause life is just, it's so fluid and we have to allow for um, the pivots we have to take. I feel like and just, again, it seems silly, but narrowing that focus. And again, looking at that priorities or values list, I immediately think kids, husband, fitness, but I think we need to go even deeper and say, what about our kids? Do we value? What about our kids? Do we want to make a priority? Is it reading? with our kids? Am I doing the dishes constantly throughout my day? And because I'm doing so, I don't have time, that extra five minutes where I could sit down with my three-year-old. To have success and build that momentum, we really do need to get specific as opposed to so broad. And then again, just build on all of that. I'm being so redundant. No, no, I totally hear you. And I think too, this will tie into just the really quick, simple overview of the book is that I talk about the three different time zones and it's real simple. It's green, yellow, red, you know, like a stoplight. And so green focus time would be like you getting up and reading your Bible. Like you're probably going to do that in a more focused, quiet environment, a time when you can just kind of unplug, whether it's for 15 minutes or less, you know, but you're just focused. And so I talk about really aligning the task with the time. And so for a lot of moms or parents specifically, we're in what I call yellow time zone a lot, which is where we might be unloading the dishwasher, but also listening to our school-age child download their day. And so I really encourage um, parents to almost save those tasks that can be done kind of in a multitask way when your kids are running around and kind of need to interrupt you all the time, but you can start and stop, you know? And so there's so many tasks, especially in our households, 
that aren't focus required. They just require you to work at them. And so to really, um, I kind of encourage moms, like save the dishes for after school. It sounds funny, but you can be making snacks, prepping dinner and doing dishes and still listen, as opposed to if you're trying to sit there and pay bills or respond to emails, it's a totally different task combination, you know? And then the third is the red time zone, which it doesn't mean we stop. It just means we slow and we nurture and we reset, you know, it's that it's maybe that's your walking and running time. It's your, your time to fill. And so there's no formula that you have to have an exact balance of each. It's just that my hope is that people will have that kind of filter of like, uh-huh, I'm trying to do a very focused task at like the least optimum time. So when could I better orchestrate that and, and find that kind of have more peace and success around it? Absolutely. So before we get to margin, another thing you had talked about sharing was essentials and non-essentials. And I guess quickly, what did you mean by that? What did you want to share in regards to that? Yeah. Well, and it's, again, I feel like some of these words can kind of be interchanged, but it's sort of like that presentation again. And okay. so an example I'll share is I had a client recently who was kind of hard on herself because she wasn't finding, I mean, she was kind of overwhelmed with her house one, but number two, she's like, Oh, I have this friend and she just has like, she decorates for every holiday and she does this and she does that. And I said, you know, but is that important to you? Because if it's not, have a wreath that you put on once a month and call it a day. You don't have to do something big. Maybe you put up a banner for every holiday on your fireplace. I mean, like literally you can be simple and still be festive. That was just an example. But she was comparing herself to something that really, she didn't necessarily see as an essential for her, but there was that comparison. And so I just want to encourage all of us to not be hard on ourselves about like what we have to be doing. And so determining for yourself, like what's essential, that is a key. And when you do that, I think it allows you to shrug off the things that are not non-essential. I mean, I kind of joke in the book, like one of my, I don't know if this is appropriate, but one of my non-essentials was like, I do not want to be on the PTA. I think I did it for a while. And I was like, I just, that's just not my wheelhouse. And I can be okay with that. My priority is just to help out the school. Well, then what would I, what could I do that would fit under my umbrella of skills? And what can I do that will be more of an essential to fulfill the role? But I can also let go of the things that don't fit into that. So in regards to your book title, Take Back Your Time, I think a lot of what we're talking about, priorities, essentials versus non-essentials, we just waste so much time thinking about others and what they're doing. And again, it might not be something that we want to do, but we waste so much time and energy thinking, well, I should do this, but we don't really want to. And I was talking to Tracy Showalter a couple of weeks ago about this very thing. What is it that I actually want to do? And once I narrow and hone in on that, narrow my focus and hone in on that, I just check the box and it's like, okay, I don't have to think about that anymore. So if you're someone like your example that you gave that loves to decorate your house, but you're still trying to be a minimalist, maybe pick your very few favorite things, but also if you love that and it brings you joy, declutter other areas of your home and keep the decorations, but don't do it because you feel like you're the only house that isn't, that you go to your friend's houses during the holidays. But this is me. We have very few decorations ever in my house, and I know it probably feels maybe cold to people, but we'd like to put our efforts and energies elsewhere. So we don't even think about that. I don't compare myself. It's just, this is how we live. Well, yeah. And I think you would have to be so careful because all of us make choices every day, right? Like, I love how you just said we put our energy elsewhere. So it, and so much of it's not right or wrong. It's just defining it for yourself. And so like, I hope that title is inspiring in the sense I'm not, 
I mean, yeah, we talk about productivity, but I'm not about, okay, you have to master your time and, you know, be productive at all costs. But it's about at the end of the day, at the end of the week, do you feel like you're living into your meaning and your purpose? Do you feel like you're prioritizing your people? I feel like those are the big questions we want to be asking. And I just find that I, with a lot of people I work with, they'll call me and I usually hear, I usually almost always hear the word I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Well, that's not the way we should be feeling as a, you know, I mean, do we feel overwhelmed at times? Absolutely. But should that be our constant state of operation? No. And I think a lot of it does come from comparison. It comes from this fast paced culture. It comes from people's influence in our lives. There's a lot of things, but I think the more we go inward to think about what do I really want for my life? How do I want to feel at the end of the day? And then we start there and and really starting small and then you can layer as you have time. But, um, my hope is just that people would have more peace and that they would not feel that sense of overwhelm on a regular basis because that's not a place to live. And then I think we're also modeling it to the next generation. Okay, well, we just run around frazzled. That's what we do. And it's like, well, no, we don't. We don't have to. There's a sense of calm and peace when you can live more intentionally for sure. Yes, absolutely. It is interesting to me how with professional organizers or just people asking me questions even, they say, I'm so overwhelmed and we don't have to live that way. But I do think that a lot of this stuff comes down to the stuff. It comes down to, you don't have to own all this stuff. And I think that we're just overwhelmed in our homes. And so it is like a tangible, physical representation of what's going on in our mind. So that's why I think it is so important to minimize and declutter. But in regards to overwhelm just mentally, I don't know if everyone actually can put words to or articulate the way that they're feeling. I'm trying to give an example. A lot of this, you have to put in effort and energy into becoming a better you or bettering your life. And I don't think that a lot of people have margin in their lives to even think about, I wanna be a better person. I'm thinking of a few people off the top of my head and I don't know if we wanna call it self-help or just again, bettering ourselves. They don't even know where to start there because they have no margin to even sit down and take a breather. Well, yeah, and what's funny, so I've said this so many times, the two things I hear from almost every consultation or call that I get is I usually hear overwhelmed and then I hear, I don't know where to start. Because I think that there's just this tendency to just keep on the hamster wheel, right? Like we're just so, I gotta get up tomorrow, I gotta do the next thing. And so I do agree that I think if you're recognizing that you have that tension or the stress or the problem of just complete overwhelm, you're gonna have to find some margin to take a step back. And you know, one simple tool that I recently used on just a decision I was making in my own life is a pros and cons list. I mean, what is working in my life and what is not? And, you know, and what are the common denominators? Because I think sometimes when we put things on paper or we kind of sit and reflect, things will sort of rise to the surface, you know? And I love that you keep mentioning clutter as well, because we often think of it as just physical, but there's so much. There's emotional clutter, there's mental clutter. It bombards our lives. And um, I was going to share a recent example. I was just helping a young family move into their home. And I wanted to say, which I would never say, but if they pared down their household belongings to like a third of what they owned, their lives would automatically be simpler. And they're not ready to move to that direction or make those changes per se, but I could just feel the stress. It's not that physical items are always equal stress, but I think you have to ask yourself, do you have the energy, time, resource motivation to maintain what you have. You know, if you do, then that's fine. Or you would, maybe you outsource it. You know, I mean, there are tools out there, but if you're feeling that stress, I mean, it's amazing how just decluttering as much as you can, can immediately have results, you know? And people say that, like when I'm working with people, I can see their stress kind of just like melt away as we're taking out the stuff that they just don't need. 
in their lives. Absolutely. So I will probably release this episode as people are getting back into their school year routines and just trying to figure out where they can schedule in margin. Sometimes we have to actually look at our schedule and say this block of time, even if it's a half hour, is where I'm going to sit and do the bettering of myself to to commit to self-help, however you want to say it. But I think it's so important because you're right. We don't have to live overwhelmed and we need to make sure that we make this a priority. So I guess what word of encouragement would you give to moms that need to make space for margin in their lives? So one tool, and I kind of use this when I'm working with clients again, is that we have to anticipate things will take longer than we want them to. Okay. We tend to underestimate. And so I'm still guilty of this. Like I'll think, oh, I have a dentist appointment. Well, that's only going to be from two to three. Well, no, it's not because I have to drive there and then, oh, they see me late. And then, you know, I mean, whatever it is. And so if you can build in margin, whether it's 15, 30 minutes around tasks and appointments, it's amazing because when you arrive somewhere and you're actually there early, that's a good time of reflection. So, you know, I've been known to like carry a book with me or I'm listening to a book on um, audio or you've got your planner with you or you can, you know, it's nice if you get somewhere and you've got like 10 minutes of quiet to respond to text or send an email. And so I think the margin, you can be really creative to build it in. But what we tend to do is we just think of things as like, oh, it's two to three and three to four and four to five. Well, no, it's not because then you run into a neighbor and then you get a phone call. You know what I mean? So I think that look for those um, areas where you can kind of almost overestimate the amount of time. And then you get what I, I like to call it like time back. Like it's the best feeling when you get a cancellation or something like falls off your schedule, but then have an intention. So if that, if you, if you have an hour that pops, if it's free, Maybe you have a little list of things you do when you get unexpected margin, whether it's self-care time, if it's time to you know, take care of a task you've been wanting to get to. But again, it kind of goes back to that intention because what can happen is you get that time back and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to binge watch a show. That could be what you want to do, but it may not fall within really your priority. So just really defining that for yourself. You have to just be really aware to create the margin because I don't think we do it naturally. I think we tend to just sort of plan, plan, plan and program it. Yes, absolutely. And I know for moms, especially with the school year and activities, um, it is so important to actually put that downtime into your schedule. Because I know for me last year, I was starting to feel resentful towards everything that I was doing because I wasn't even able to read fiction. I had filled my calendar. And I mean, I've talked about this multiple times, but I'd filled my calendar so much because I do, I love to do I love to do all the things and I love people and I'm extroverted, but then I just had to really sit down and process. You don't even have time to read and you enjoy doing that. And so build in the space for it and don't feel resentful because then you'll be a lot more productive and you'll do much better and you'll be more successful if you build in that margin to do so. Absolutely. And I think too, uh, one thing I mentioned in the book is to really treat commitments as almost an appointment. You know, and so like for you, let's say you're like, okay, this fall, I really want to get back into the reading. Well then, I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but when we make an appointment and like I use the dentist appointment, like I don't miss my dentist appointment because I might get charged or like I have to wait another six months, but it sounds silly. But we, if we make more things appointments with ourselves and that can be exercise, that can be time with your spouse, that can be one-on-one time with a child. And then if we, if we treat it more like an appointment, when another distraction comes or another opportunity 
we hopefully will have a better boundary because we're not just thinking of it as like, oh, well, if I'm able to get to it, right? And so, I mean, that's not really, it doesn't really fall into margin, but it falls more into that intentionality of like, oh, if I really want this to be a priority, this is how I can make it a priority. Yes, absolutely. I saw a quote that you wrote and you, you say this in your book, I believe, your time is a responsibility and a gift. And I think we have to remember that it is a gift to be given any day on this planet. And so what are we doing with it? And that isn't to condemn people for not doing the right thing. It's more of a challenge and also an opportunity to say you can live a life without overwhelm or at least with a lot less overwhelm than you're currently living. Absolutely. And, you know, as a, as a encouragement to, I want to share this is that I personally have a high energy level. I know that about myself. And so I can go at a certain pace, right? But I don't ever want someone to sit there and look at my pace and think, well, that should be my pace. I look at my three kids. They're totally different in their energy levels and their capacities. And so I talk about that in the book too. Like A, acknowledge your season, but then B, acknowledge you, like who you are. Everyone's going to have a different threshold for what they can do or what energizes them. And so really just giving yourself permission to say like, again, kind of all circles back to the beginning of our conversation. Like if you know your purpose and you know if you're clear on your priorities, then hopefully that just gives you permission to press into the time you have every day to use it well and to, you know, really um, feel intentional from start to finish instead of just trying to keep up with, you know, so-and-so and everybody else. It's just, that's, there's no reason to do that. You know, I just don't want people to even think of that those as uh, temptations, I guess, you know, we don't need to worry about that. Stay, I always say like, stay in your lane, you know, <laughs> just head down. Yeah. And take back your time. This is about you and your life that you're cultivating. And I also think anyone listening to podcasts, you're already doing work to better yourself. You're already thinking through these things and processing these things. And even if you haven't sat down and written out lists or done anything tangible, like you're starting to process it just by being in this space, listening to this content, consuming work like yours and mine. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the last thing I was going to share is just on back to the season thing is that If you're in a season where you're a little discouraged because you don't have the margin you want or you feel like you have extra emotional clutter, because there's just things that happen. You know, there are things out of our control that will come into our lives, right? But give yourself the hope and promise that you will have another season. Because I talk in the book, like I had the career season and then like the baby season and then the overseas season. Like I've had these very distinct seasons and most of us do. I mean, maybe not as strong or whatever, but there'll be time for more. And I can say that like my youngest is going to be a senior in high school. We are almost empty nesters. I have more freedom than I've had in 20 some years. And there's good and bad with that, you know, but like I can do things now that 10 years ago would have been much harder. So just know that like things are always evolving. And so if there's things you want to do time-wise, feel free to like push them out appropriately too. like give yourself that grace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Morgan, where can listeners find you? Grab a copy of this book. I always love going back to archives of books too. I so where can people grab a copy of your book or connect with you online? So my business website is morganizewithme.com. And then that's my socials are all the same. And then the book. So take back your time, your hospitality personality. They're both on Amazon. And then take back your time was re-released as the productivity zone in a smaller version in airports. So um, if you want just a smaller version, it's the same content, just different marketing, so to speak. Um, but all three are on, Am- on Amazon and I do have a podcast. I'm not like a, I don't podcast weekly or anything, but I do kind of seasonal releases and just um, try to share 
the tips and tricks that I've learned along the way. And hopefully just, I just want to encourage, like I am, I by no means have my life together. I have parts of it <laughs> some of the time, right? But I just try to strive for that intentionality. That's ultimately my goal. And hopefully um, the listeners are after that as well. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the final two questions I ask every guest before you go. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource in your life that you want to share with the listeners? Okay, well, it's not earth shattering, but it's just something that I really love. And that is my Google Calendar because it just, it just makes my life easy. Like I put so many things on there and it really reduces that mental clutter. And I love that I have it with me at all times. So very simple, but it is a I've used it forever and I just really like it. (laughs) I love it because you can sync with others and I have a calendar on there for my sister-in-law and myself and anything we have planned. I have my nature group in there. My husband and I have one. So I love that you can just see everything in there and it's all color coordinated. I love it. Yep. All right. Well, my last question is what is something you can't stop talking about? I don't know if this is a direct answer, but so it's kind of like a fun fact about me too. So I am really into like reality shows, TV shows, not that I'm taking any of it seriously, but people might be surprised that if you have any questions about anything, I probably would have some answers for you. So um, not that I like overly share that, but that's just kind of a tidbit about me. It's kind of like my total escapism, I guess. Yeah, I can't do current pop culture, but I feel like I was an addict there for a while with E! News, all the reality shows, celebrities. Yeah, I was really into that as well for a minute. Well, it was fun getting to know that fun fact about you. And again, thanks for joining me today. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.